And we are rolling. Hi. Hi. What are you looking for? Anything in particular? It sounds more airy in here, like like there's an extra mic on or... Your mic up. We're both right. Both our mics got bumped up okay. a little too high. Yeah, okay. That's a little bit better. Uh, hey. hey. So, um, it's been a, it's been a bit because yeah. the vacation was lots of me doing nothing but playing games. And uh, we, were, we were planning on doing a New Year's show. And then the New Year's night, it was really rainy, really windy. Mm-hmm. And cops were out in force. And it was just like... Yeah, I mean, I, I know how to handle myself. I know how to not get, you know. But you, but if they were doing a checkpoint, you don't even want to deal with the hassle, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Especially if you're legal, but have so, been drinking. Even if you're point oh four or yeah. something like that, right? right? You just don't want to deal with the hassle. Exactly. So check out my birthday gift. It's uh, it's a case for. Is that is actually have a game on it? it is, it's a Game Boy case that looks like it actually. As a playable game, oh, it's it's I guess running on Raspberry Pi or something because it's got it's, this little j- Chinese thing. Yeah, hit the A button, and a bunch of games. The only thing that stinks, so it's playable. It has a separate battery in it. It doesn't run off the phone, so you have to keep it charged. The buttons are backwards, and it's so frustrating trying to play Super Mario Brothers on it. With backwards buttons. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because you've been trained since, what, 8 years old, 10 years old, 12 years old, to how to play Mario Brothers with an NES-style controller. And, well, I, uh, I, had the same, I had the same problem with, uh, with with playing the new Zelda. I mean, it took me a while to, to get into it for a couple reasons. First of all, I mean, it's a the game is pretty massive. There's a lot. There's so much to do, and you got to yeah. sort of get... So, you know, it has a Super Mario Brothers, too. Yeah. I, but, yeah. I, I understand. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> it's mostly a conversation piece. Yeah, right? like yeah. people are like is that I had it at the bar, right? Like, and people are like, is that playable? I'm like, here, here, give it a try. <laughs> um, I'm so used to playing. I was so used to playing with the PlayStation that mm-hmm. the the OK button is the different button than the cancel button. Oh, okay, and so I had to relearn the controls. That took me like. Eight ten hours to get to the point where I was finally comfortable enough with the controls, and I wasn't always just doing the wrong thing all the time. I'm impressed how thin it was. I thought it would be more bulky. It th- so we should say this thing is completely unlicensed, completely mm-hmm. illegal. Yeah, no trade. You know, completely copyright and trademark infringing. What else is new? <laughs> cool. If you want to get this link, it's like whoa, that's cool dot com or wait, that's cool. I, I posted about it on Facebook. If you have such a thing, you can see. A, I don't post very much on Facebook, so it should be near the top. I don't know if you saw the thing that I put on here, the uh, ten second YouTube clip. I didn't know. Uh, so this is a person on nightly news trying to talk about. Somebody who uh, it's a funeral for somebody, and her name is Deidre Mangado. It looks like okay. And hundreds gathered today to say their final goodbyes to this fallen Louisville police officer, D.D. Megadoodoo. <laughs> D.D. Megadoodoo. <laughs> 
Now that's a band name. That's a team name. That's like that's awesome. Dee Dee make a doo doo. <laughs> yes. Dee Dee make a doo. Dee Dee make a doo. Is it make a doo doo or mega doo doo? It you seem like mega doo doo to me. Dee Dee make a doo doo. But make a doo doo is even better. Maybe Dee Dee make a doo doo. <laughs> I think that's even better. Okay, uh, I got lots of stuff that that I, I was upset that that things were so bad because I had lots of stuff I wanted to talk about. One of my first things is a beer thing. Beer thing. Yeah. Um, I, before I bring this up on the show, maybe uh, no, it's okay. I'll bring it up now. Um, Gozes and Berliner Weisses. Okay. I was thinking about sure. them, and I was thinking about uh, how we talk about them. You know, th- we talk about stuff like. Um, uh, the souring process, the uh, open fermenter, um, acidulated malts, and uh, what's it called? Uh, kettle. Kettle souring, yeah. yeah. Uh, I thought, to just thinking about it, like, they're pickled. They're pickled beers. You're, you're, you're killing all the yeast, then you're putting in lactic, <laughs> you know, you're putting mm-hmm. in, you still have some sugars left over, and you're letting lactic, uh, or lactobacillus Make lactic acid. You're pickling beer. Mm, but then there's still... There's, no, because it's not... The soured wort isn't really shelf-stable. There's still sugars in there, right? And then... Well, it's like um, Like a home there's, Okay, there's a pickling process, right? But... Yeah, I mean, what your point is... Somewhat accurate, right? It's, yeah. But, you know... <clears throat> to me, when you say pickling... Pickling is a preservative measure... And the amount of pickle that you're doing to this is not enough to preserve it, right? It's but it's the same process, right? Yeah, it, it's, yeah. no, it's the same process. Yes. So, um, I thought that that might be a way to like just easily. Well, you said killing all the yeast. Yeah, you're not really doing that for sure. Because the sour happens. Ha- I, I thought you would have to because you, you you want well because no, okay. you do the mash right. You're not boiling at first. Because when you boil it, you kill the lactobacillus. Okay. Right? So you're using the boil to stop the souring process. Okay. So so you're actually pickling it before you make the alcohol. Oh, yeah. Before you pick oh, the yeast. Yeah. Oh, okay. No, the souring comes like after the enzymes and before you sterilize the wort. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. Like when you... when. I made pickles. I think it came to mind because when I was in Boston, we made pickles, two types of pickles with my sister. One was, you know, a quick pickle with vinegar, and the other one was literally in a... Well, it would be like pasteurizing your pickle, right? But then fermenting it with right. yeast afterwards. Right. You know, something yeah. like that. Yeah, you're killing all lacto because you, you don't want that to eat up the sugar once it get enough sour in there. Yeah. You need the yeast to make alcohol. Yeah. But, you know, when we did the thing with... Um, with with the pickle an actual pickle uh you didn't put anything in there but water and pickles and some spices the lacto was just mm-hmm. naturally there so yep. i never i've i've never like heard people call it pickled beer but i thought about it i was like i, uh, I don't I, I think because that i think you know other than the pickles themselves pickling is to preserve the food stuffs and since you're not doing that to beer to preserve it, it's I, I would hesitate to call it pickling. I mean, I understand that point. 
and and I'm not saying that I'm right either. Like you might be really right on this, and I may be totally off base. But I think that as a way to express what's happening to somebody quick, you know, to somebody who's not used to it, yeah, you can explain. But how many of those people have know what natural what fermented pickles are, right? Well, how many people how many people think of pickles as storage versus think of pickles as they think of when you say the most people just think of cucumbers right that are yeah. in a salt in a liquid right you mm-hmm. know but then they they may say oh but i've had like pickled radishes or i've seen pickled peppers and sure that that helps but i think that's still a pretty small part of the population uh, maybe i mean throwing out things right i mean yeah it's i i, I think no, that... keep throwing them out and yeah this one i'm not going to go with you on all right very well Um, actually, I thought it was only yesterday. Sciency, a bunch of sciency stuff, but um, similar thing. I'm trying to explain a concept, and I keep coming back to for some, for some reason. I thought about the Higgs again. I know people are probably bored with it. You might be totally bored with me talking about the Higgs again. Bring on the Higgs. So here's so I'm trying to think about how to explain the Higgs is and, and understand that it's a tough problem because really what what. People want to know what is the Higgs boson because that's the thing that we detected. Mm-hmm. The problem is uh, the Higgs boson isn't important, but the Higgs field is. So there's this thing called the Higgs field that's important because that plays a process that, that plays a role in everything that we deal that we deal with daily. The thing called the Higgs boson is essentially unimportant. One of the reasons why we couldn't find it so long is because it doesn't play a role in anything. Um, but the Higgs boson is indicative of the Higgs field being there, but there are plenty of other things that are also indicative of the Higgs field being there. The Higgs boson was just sort of the last step. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you also have to figure out the Higgs boson is just an excitement in the field. How do you explain that? There's a lot of problems here just conceptually. So here's what I came up with, uh, yesterday. Uh, the Higgs boson is a dent. A dent in like an aluminum sheet. So imagine a quarter panel or a door on a car. Mm-hmm. The Higgs boson is like a dent on that. Now, if you take away the quarter panel or the door, the dent isn't there. The, you, the, the dent doesn't stop, that doesn't stay existing if you take away the material. The dent is in the material. It's a bump that's there. Okay. And you can smooth it out. Right, so you you have a material that can be dented or not dented, but if the rest of the car is there, and assuming the rest of the car is is complete, then the quarter panel is also there. So we already knew the quarter panel was there, but we didn't have the evidence all the way until we dented it. Okay, and so the Higgs boson was us making a dent in the quarter panel that was the Higgs field. It's a good way to describe it. It, it kind of helps. You could tie that into a talk about many of the elementary particles, right? Which they're just representations yeah. of. How how do I, you could probably describe it better, but you know a lot of these particles. Oh, here are you describe it then? Okay, yeah. No, no, <laughs> so a lot of the particles, right, aren't necessarily 
exactly mapping to physical things, but mm-hmm. their observances of like like the Higgs boson is an observance of an excitement of the Higgs field or something like that, mm-hmm. right? Where yeah. you're able to focus enough energy to get this dent to surface, right? Right, yeah. Uh, that's a really good way of putting it. Um, <clears throat> especially the Higgs, but we don't really detect the Higgs boson itself. We detect the decay products of the Higgs boson uh, because the only things that we can actually detect are things that interact with the electromagnetic field. Mm. We're, we're on this level where everything is right. uh, photon-based with us. If it doesn't interact with, by photons, we're, we're SOL. Okay. Um, but according to... And, and, and I would make the proviso, as long as we're talking on this level, this assumes that quantum theory is an accurate description of the world. Which we have good reason to believe, but not good reason to believe necessarily that quantum, that quantum mechanics is, complete, is a complete mm-hmm. description of the world. There was something posted about, I don't know, it was right before I went on vacation. Um... Some researchers in Czechoslovakia, I think it was in Prague. Did I, I? I meant to send it to you so you could kind of give it a once over. But it was something about it was actually some unifying stuff about quantum and what was it? General relativity. Well, yeah, I mean, but it wasn't it wasn't the answer, right? It wasn't, but it was like a piece of it, right? It yeah. was. It was. Oh, what was it? I can't. Black remember. holes. No, it was information theory. I don't know. Hmm. Well, I'll look forward to you finding that. Um, speaking of quantum, let's see. I wrote some stuff while I was high, and I think some, some of it might be interesting. Um, quantum computing. Why quantum computing is probably a thing, assuming that quantum mechanics works. Why it couldn't work? Uh, quantum mechanics tells us that an entangled measurement is a null condition. The value is set when the measurement is taken, but not before then. Uh, entanglement can be the result of a process, meaning the states can lead to other states in a logically consistent way. You get this cause and effect relationship. Uh, this allows basic logic to be performed via a, a quantum process, and therefore you could build a computer with this logic, uh, and it would work for solving problems. But also, to, but also because of the way it works, it would be able to do some types of logical trees in a manner that solves them more or less instantaneously. The idea is that you can turn quantum mechanics into a computer, into logic gates. Mm-hmm. And so, and the interesting thing about quantum mechanics is that these systems, when they undergo collapse, they follow uh, they follow specific percentages. And if, if you then build up a statistics, you should see the, the answer you want appear out of the data. Yes. I don't know if it's a great explanation, but I was high. <laughs> it's been a while since I've looked into how qubits work and all that stuff. I just could, at the most basic level. Uh, we can talk about something more basic. I, I uh, encountered, I think I re-encountered uh, an old like thought experiment about gravity which is what if gravity doesn't actually exist, but instead everything is growing. Uh, 
So, so the earth, you're on the earth and you're growing in size, but the earth is also growing in size. So when you jump, the earth accelerates up to meet you. Mm -hmm. It's one of those things that sort of seems plausible, like on the face of it, kind of like, well, you know, I can't fully explain that away. But then if you start to think about it, it doesn't add up for one thing. Uh, according, according to this model, you and the Earth are not growing at the same rate, right? You're growing at a smaller rate than the Earth. Otherwise... Well, if all... Like, if, if the like Planck length is expanding, right? All across the universe at this rate of 9.8 mm -hmm. meters per second squared or whatever. Right. But space stays... But your position in space doesn't change. Or, or your position relative to other objects doesn't change. Only your size does. So the space but, in but between if, objects if, doesn't change. But your size changes. So your so the space can then... Oh. You see, like, if you jump and space is expanding too, then every, if yeah, everything okay. expanding, then yeah. you'll stay up. Okay. Right. So, but if that doesn't happen, then you're going to bang your head on the moons eventually, so... Right, and you'd have to be the Earth have to grow much faster than you did, um, otherwise the same thing would also happen. So well, your gravity, feet, your feet could be growing down towards the Earth too, right? And so, but the Earth would is coming up to meet you yeah, much your faster. Are, your feet are coming down. So gravity is not proportional then to distance, but then to volume, mm -hmm. <laughs> which doesn't make sense from what we observe with a. With uh, the, okay. the relationship, so what, what, the moral of the story is what your high musings don't make sense. Or? No, no, this this was not a this was a <laughs> oh, thing okay. I encountered, and <laughs> okay. the moral of the story is more. I think it's one of those things where you can entertain the idea, but if you think about it more deeply, you start to see the inconsistencies and the reason okay. why it doesn't work. Good thing flat Earth doesn't fall into that problem. Uh, well, flat Earthers don't have an explanation for gravity. <laughs> Turtles. Uh, the preferred one that I've seen is that they, they explain it as density, which density requires gravity for density to happen. That's the whole reason density happens because you have more, more density mm -hmm. at the bottom. If there was no reason for the gradation of densities to happen, then why is there a preferred direction to, you know, why wouldn't the balloon go to the right instead of always going down or going up? Because down special. <laughs> Why is down special? Because the earth's flat. <laughs> right. And of course, I mean, the, the flat earth thing can all be shown to be absurd just by we have the pictures. <laughs> <laughs> Faked. Well, that, that, that reminds me of a video that, that I rewatched recently, which is a, um, a guy, a filmmaker who has been around for 40 years or something saying he doesn't know whether people went to the moon or not because he wasn't on the moon but he knows that it would be impossible to fake to fake it with the technology of mm -hmm. time uh for he goes through a bunch of different reasons in terms you know the 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 cost the scale the ability to to do slow motion video uh because that's what you have to do you have to film it in slow motion on earth because mm -hmm. you can't go to the moon and you can't make moon-like gravity on Earth without just putting in you know, slow motion. And the ability to do 
45 minutes of slow motion footage nonstop would require ridiculous amounts of film <laughs> that you don't you miss any film grain and you, there's no dust and there's no scratches on the film uh and you, you know at a certain point you start to say what if we just sent people to the moon and he points out that uh i think the best part is is even before he gets into the into the grizz, grizzly details talks about how you know at the at the time first of all we know that the Germans had done rocket stuff, suborbital rockets in in the war. Then the the Russia and the United States sort of split the German scientists between them and just started a dick waving contest where they made a bunch of bigger and more powerful weapons. Mm-hmm. And in that process, they also came up with the ability to send almost as as a stunt, they could use these rockets they were making, ICBMs and all this shit. To sure, you could send somebody to the moon, and he points out that you know he's not being like loyal to the U.S. government. He's just saying that um, the you either believe that uh, I'm trying to uh, this is as I like the way he phrases, so I'm trying to quote him. Uh, the U.S. government wasted twenty billion dollars putting somebody on the moon, putting a plaque that says. We came in peace for all mankind, then came back and bombed Cambodia, or you believe that it was all faked because NASA just said we just can't do it, and they got Stanley Kubrick to make. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like either you, you you believe the cynical the U.S. just wasted money on a project just to to uh just to show off while they were doing dastardly horrible things or you believe this ridiculous story that requires like so like a conspiracy upon a conspiracy upon a right. conspiracy it just doesn't add up okay yeah i mean that those are your only options right we either went to the moon or it was faked i don't think there's a third that i can I mean, it was programmed into our brains. <laughs> <laughs> that requires a, even more, like, what's that called? The Bernstein. Oh, the Bernstein. Yeah. What's that called again? The, the Mandela, Mandela effect. Mandela effect. Yeah. <clears throat> it's a shared hallucination. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. What else do I have here? Oh, um, New Horizons, Ultima Thule. Yeah. Yeah, zoomed on by the farthest thing that the farthest thing that we've ever seen, uh, farthest piece of the solar system that we've ever seen, uh, 10, 10 billion miles past Pluto, uh, a Kuiper Belt object. Uh, it's important to note this is not an asteroid uh, because asteroids are rocky, mm-hmm. metallic things. This is icy. Now, it's ice that is as solid as, or if not more solid than concrete. It's not like it's the ice that you have in your refrigerator. And it's carbon dioxide ice and nitrogen ice and some water ice. But these are essentially icy objects. And if you brought them into where the asteroids are, they would grow a tail. They'd be comets. Uh, This object is, I think, 30 by 15 kilometers. Um, Mm -hmm. About half the size of Rhode Island. 
it's a really cool because it's a contact binary, which means there was two. It looks like there were two objects that slowly, because of their mutual gravity, combined together. And oh, they just nudged up against each other. They just sort of nudged up against each other, according to, to what they think, like mm-hmm. at about two or three miles per hour, probably. So, like, less than what you would call mm-hmm. insurance if you hit somebody. Yeah. Like, almost nothing. But uh, then they have this now shared center of mass, stuff like that, because of this contact binary object. And pristine in that it's apparently, we think, four point, or they think, 4.6 billion years old, has essentially been untouched since then. Pretty likely that. Its encounter with New Horizons was its closest encounter to some other object in 4.6 billion years. Um, lots of just all these really interesting things about the object. What what amazed me most, and have you seen the pictures? I haven't you seen the pictures. Oh, uh, let me show you. I didn't realize they had pictures back yet. Yeah, they have uh, not super high-res pictures because New Horizons is... 40 billion uh, miles away, like 10 light minutes away. And because because they wanted to um, get this craft out there, they had to go with a pretty small, I think, 30-watt transmitter or something. So the data rate is one kilobyte per second, slower than, way slower than old internet. (laughs) Uh, But they were able to, you know, send some brief images Okay. Some smaller images that they made. So here's um, okay. Here's the object. It's kind of like a a snowman or BB-8 or <laughs> uh, one of those squeeze toys that has yeah. the like. Yeah. It's two lobes. What's interesting to me, not you know, I'm I'm not. An ast- I know more about way more about particle physics than I do astronomy and stuff like that. I'm more of mm-hmm. a just like a buff of astronomy. Um, these two objects are roughly spherical. Which is really weird, because this is way smaller than you would need to be to reach hydrostatic equilibrium, equilibrium to where where your forces make you into a sphere. Right. Uh, basically, for an object like this, you need to be about the size of Texas, right? About a thousand right. kilometers. But since it's ice and not rock, maybe there are other icy objects yeah. that we've found that don't look anything, and other rocky objects that don't okay. look anything like this. Uh, maybe there's something about old objects that they formed roughly spherically. Mm-hmm. If that is, if that's the case, I think that's something new. I don't, at least I've never read anything about that. Uh, the fact that these are roughly spherical objects is to me really interesting because mm-hmm. they're that small. Um, they don't have the hydrostatic equilibrium force trying to make them into a yeah. sphere. So do they accrete into sp- roughly spheres just? I mean, two roughly spherical objects. What are the chances? Uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know, but it's it's really interesting to me, and and uh, I hope that gets, sort of gets explained. I wonder how long they've been touching for. Uh, I believe that th- that um, the belief is a long, 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 long time. Okay, probably most of their existence. Okay. Yeah, because they seem like they're a little bit mushed together, right? They have a fair amount of. Sure, the contact area, mm-hmm. and they'd also point out that this, uh, this sort of there's sort of a collar in there mm-hmm. where it's a little bit lighter, yeah, and that makes sense as as particles will sort of fall into that area more mm-hmm. easily than they would other places because there's be more gravitational potential there, just barely, mm-hmm. right? Um, 
No, I mean, and this is, you know, this is definitely not the, this, this is about, I think, a tenth the resolution of the best uh, mm-hmm. pictures we will ultimately get, but really cool. Yeah. Really, really cool. I wonder what the next target is. Uh, and how long till they hit it? <laughs> well, you know, twenty fifteen is when they hit Pluto, so it took them three years to get here. Mm-hmm. Uh, and can't believe it's been three years since then. <laughs> <laughs> the next one is probably further out, but they have to. You know, they have only so much fuel, so yeah. Okay, so let's see. Slightly political thing. I don't know if you. I don't want to get into a lot of politics right now because, but what was funny to me was the, have you seen the GoFundMe for the wall? Yeah. Right. So people are trying to fund the wall that Mexico is supposed to pay for, but whatever. <laughs> They're trying to pay for it. And they've collected a handsome sum already. So it's like $18 million. Um, I hate to be the one to inform them that eighteen million dollars is a third of a percent to five billion. <laughs> five billion is a lot of dollars. Yes, uh, a lot more. Eighteen million <clears throat> sounds like a lot, but it ain't nothing compared to five billion. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that people don't you know understand numbers this way. Look, look at this way. Uh, in, I think it's more of a vote. Imagine a $1 bill, right? Uh-huh. Now imagine 5 billion of them. Right. No, I hear you. I think it's probably more of a, a vote. Right. It's, it's a way. But if that's the case, then 300,000 people voted, and that's not a lot. Mm-hmm. Comparatively. Right. Uh, so. It looks impressive. Because eighteen billion million sounds like a lot, but didn't someone else start a GoFundMe for ladders? Yes, <laughs> to get over the wall. And also, just thinking about it, five billion dollars, even though it's a lot of money, that's not enough to make a two thousand mile wall, and then to be able to to support that wall. You know, when it doesn't it gets... matter, Greg. I know it doesn't matter. It's just like I know it's all about winning. It has nothing to do with with. Uh, with any practicality, it's all about the message, uh, which is they hate brown people. I get it. Uh, I don't like it, but I get it. <laughs> yeah, what are you going to do? That's why we don't like talking about politics. It just frustrates. <sighs> Time for beer. Oh, one 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 more thing. AI, super intelligent AI. Okay, yeah. So we've had this discussion about it. Um, has your position on it changed at all? Or are you not not that I not that I think it has to. I'm just wondering. I don't know. I haven't thought about it much lately. I thought about something that I don't think has ever been brought up that in stuff that I've seen, which is every time that I've seen people talk about the perils of this, like in AI, we, we, we make an AI and they become super powerful and then it starts to do things that we have no idea of its capability. No one ever addresses the power 
the energy that would be required mm-hmm. for this. In order to get a computer that is, you know, as fast as the human brain, let's say, or as many things going on as the human brain, that's an enormous amount of power you need. And in order for it to be super intelligent, I can't imagine, and in order for it to do all the horrible things that it would need to do... Do you think they're taking into account advancements in quantum computing and stuff like that? Being able to... But the way, power halves every nine months or every nineteen months or whatever. So, but most of the most of the horrible stuff is things that it manufactures or things that it can do in terms of manipulating things that actually exist. Speaking of, and th- that takes energy. Okay, so Where does that energy come from? Speaking of a uh, super intelligent AI, I just watched the current season of Travelers on mm. Netflix, mm-hmm. and it was a decent season. I hear, but uh, what did you hear? I don't know anything about the story. I hear it ends on like a bummer. It, it, the writers took the easy way out is what they did. Okay. All right. So the storyline was, so they, they came to, spoiler. they came, yes, they came to the 20th century in season one to stop an asteroid from colliding, hitting the ocean. Oh, that's what the big thing was? Well, in season one, an asteroid Helios was coming and it was going to hit the Atlantic Ocean and okay. basically start. Because you know, I only watched like, the first two or three episodes, and it was like there was this thing in the future yeah. that happened. We didn't know what it was. Yeah, start climate change and downfall of humanity, and they're living in bunkers and eating yeast and you know stuff like that. So they send them back fun. in time. Send them back in time to try to stop this. And at that point, oh, their missions. It, so they also that, invented time travel. Yes, yeah. while they were in bunkers, well, eating yeast, they were able to transfer consciousness into people in the past. Yeah. Still time travel. Yes. So, but that didn't make the future awesome, right? So now they do the next thing and the next thing. And there's always another disaster that is the main cause that people are still living in the bunkers, which, you know, there's this, you have to have this kind of, you have to like wash the whole paradox away and be like, well, as soon as they change the first event, the people in the bunkers might not be better, but they're going to be completely changed from circumstance, right? right? And the odds of them evolving to the same place, you know, that kind of thing you have to let go. But yeah, so after the third season, they've stopped. In, like in baseball, that's considered. Sorry, don't mm-hmm. make. But I, I feel like this is a good point. In, in baseball, when um, when something happens, and you say, "Hey, man, uh, if that error wouldn't have happened, they, you know, like let's say they make an error, and then there's a bunch of runs score because of that mm-hmm. error. Uh, if you you can't just, oh, it's easy to say, oh well, if they didn't make that error, then none of this would have happened. But that's called the fallacy, of the unrecorded out. Yeah. Where you keep, yeah. you, well, that's that's almost what the show turned into, right? It's like it's almost like God is going to find one way or another to kill humanity, right? It's very fatalist. It, it doesn't yeah. it doesn't get spiritual or anything like that. But I mean, it's like come on, they've mm-hmm. saved the world two dozen times, and there's still no better off, right? right? So maybe the whole plan, this whole experiment, was a failed idea, right? Uh-huh. If, even if you, you subscribe into time travel, maybe it just doesn't work that way, right? You know, so you, so okay, so end of the season, um, one of the characters dies, her boyfriend dies, who's not a time traveler, but main character on the show. Is this the one who was like the one that was slow? a mental disability yeah, yeah. and that she got transferred into and she was full functioning? And that was a big weird thing. But then because she was transferred into a body with a, a malformed brain or whatever, the programming didn't work right. So they had to do a thing to save her and reprogram the brain. And, and she forgot everything, right? Isn't yeah, that, yeah, something like that. So anyway, she died. Her boyfriend died. But he did save Seattle. Uh, like 
from okay. a nuclear explosion. Good. Good. I'm glad. Then he died from radiation poisoning after that. So, because he was locked in with a plutonium bomb, he uh, had to grab the core and throw it. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. You don't want to be grabbing plutonium cores. Yeah. Anyway, so there's all this, and then the director, the the intelligent AI. I feel like the idea that you can just grab a plutonium core out of a bomb. He had to do some other things too, <laughs> but anyway, they had to give him. They had to kill him somehow. It was funny though. There's a good scene because in the previous episode it ends with him getting shot in the chest. Mm. But a whole bunch of backstory. He's in they they were encoding data in DNA and blood. So he's holding a bunch of blood bags filled with nanites. He gets shot in the chest, so he's dead. Next episode, he wakes up because the nanites went in through his wounds and healed him. So um but then he died from radiation poisoning yeah. anyway, because God's an evil fucker. Because those the nanites, they could repair all the stuff, but they couldn't. They needed the they needed the uh, military grade nanites to oh. be able to do the radiation hardening. Oh, so. I see. Um, Always missing those military grade nanites. Yeah, you know, they, they actually dropped military grade nanites like twice in the episode. So. <laughs> but oh, God's just a spiteful son of a bitch on the show because mm-hmm. like they just can't win. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And all right, so. The director communicates with them through either children, because they can send like a temporary consciousness. So the director is the person who... The AI. Is, oh, yeah. it is an AI. It's it the AI. AI who, that's yeah. in charge of yeah. sending people yeah. consciousness yep. into yep. past people based on their Facebook profiles. Uh, they, yeah, they don't really get into that detail. But <laughs> the whole premise of the story is, in the age of information, there's enough data around that if they know when and where a person died... Mm-hmm. To the minute or whatever in some geographic you know like either through closed circuit television or something like that that's how they can kind of target their transporter into the person right and the the director is moral he will not overwrite a human who has a long healthy life in front of them so what they do is people who are about to die they'll overwrite them right before that and the person's trained to get out of the fatal circumstance right so that's how they get healthy adults right and then then I, I suppose, I've, aren't they supposed to like drop off the grid then because they don't want to influence any? History? Yeah, they have a whole bunch of protocols, right? Yeah. Like, don't have babies, don't do this, because if the person was supposed to die, they use them for a few years, you know, or maybe they live out their lives, but they're supposed to like minimize their impact, mm-hmm. right? Not not affect the time. Not step on any butterflies. It's it's a whole bunch of yeah yeah. It's actually it's a whole bunch of that sci-fi paradox of time travel mm-hmm. type stuff. They try to adhere to a lot of that. Um, anyway, director sends a message back, you know, um, the, the conspiracy episode of community at the end where the Dean's like, time travel so hard to write. One <laughs> <laughs> that this hoodie was a time hoodie. <laughs> <laughs> they send a, a protocol Omega, which is, uh, missions over, go to ground, live out your lives. And everyone's like freaking out. Right. And, um, like they can't then there's like there's still bombs because there's still the faction there's two warring time travels right there's the oh, directors there's, there's, and the there's faction evil time travelers they like just have diff- leap, they just have evil a, leaper they just have a different agenda right and so that's when they're saving the world and for some reason they why so, not i mean so okay so like the last act right here's all the crazy batshit stuff that happened in the last act the david the boyfriend saves seattle from the saves the archive and seattle from the plutonium bomb where one blew up in china one blew up in russia there's only one archive left but the other countries think that it was orchestrated by the united states because nuclear explosions happened in their countries not in the united states Mm -hmm. because we just happened to be able to defuse the united states one so they launch missiles on the united states and 
mission's over, Omega. So one of the girl goes to go visit her kid who, not her kid, it's her body's kid, right? But goes to visit her before the end of times. They come up with this plan that, like, they want to send Will from Will and Grace, Eric, uh, what's his name, Eric? They're like, we can send you back in time further. And like, why can't you do that? You can only jump as far back as the... Because one of the premises they lay out, the first thing is you can only jump a new time traveler after the previous most recent jump. Because something about entropy or something. Okay. But like, no, from here, because it's not 400 years in the future, from here, we have a better resolution and we can send people back. So they send them back... But so they re- build time travel. But the reason they can't, the reason they could never do it beforehand is because it was before the age of information. So they didn't have the data uh-huh. of where a person died, right? Like, right. Including in location, right? Dude? Location and time yeah. and stuff like that. But earlier in the season, right, his wife yells at him and basically tells him exactly where they met. Mm-hmm. And he didn't know. And so they kind of were breaking up. But so now he uses that information of where he meets his future wife to jump back into that body. Mm-hmm. And then he comes back and the first test was like as a test to make sure it wasn't going to like just kill the timeline. Jumper Traveler 1 jumped into the World Trade Center towers like right before 9/11 mm-hmm. and did a thing and then he was supposed to die in the World Trade Center. And um so he jumps back before 19 before 2001 and then he's in the office in the World Trade Center and he sends the secret message saying travel program didn't work. And now he's waiting for the plane to crash into the building. The plane doesn't crash into the building. Mm. Fringe. So 9-11 didn't happen. And then they go to like the computer, not that computer screen, but the the director computer screen. And it's like simulation one, I don't know if he said simulation, but program one failed, starting program two. So they're just restarting the show next season. (laughs) Right? I mean... That whole timeline, they abandoned, like, basically, they started in the, late in the season, they started talking about, oh, the director's abandoned this timeline, mm-hmm. you know, so, like, I guess he's working in multiple timelines and stuff or, like that. Or it's a simulation. Well, could, the, the well direct- they don't know it's a simulation. Right, well, you wouldn't, I mean, that's the thing about the simulation yeah. theory, is you don't know it's a yeah. simulation. It's, yeah. it's real so, you. So, like, next season are same actors, different scenarios, you know, I just, like, but, you know, it's like, okay. With, with that argument, you're like, okay, so why do I care? Right, like the the if it's a good story, right? If, if it's a good story, sure. But like one of the things about like Rick and Morty doesn't really jump into a bunch yeah. of multiple timelines, mm-hmm. right? But we still follow the same Rick and Morty, and we follow their growth. Yeah, and as long as you have that tether, you're yeah, but fine with, with with a bunch of the thing that's going to be a real groaner is like because to have the same actors, they have to jump into the same people, right? So they if, jump if, into if you're not following them the same characters, if you're following a whole set of new characters. Well, then maybe it is new characters, but if it's the same actors, you know, what, what are they going to do? They're going to jump into the same people. And then instead of the mission after the asteroid, right, they're going to try something different, you know, that kind of thing. And, but if like, if, if we've been following this, like, um, let me bring back to Rick and Morty. We've been following the same Rick and Morty for <coughs> three seasons now. Mm-hmm. If they killed <coughs> off this Rick and Morty and we just started following a new Rick and Morty that didn't have all those adventures mm-hmm. before. Yeah. At some point, doesn't that devalue, like the the time that you put into it? Like, like at some point, doesn't like, oh, okay, so now this is more an anthology series than it is about <laughs> these characters, yeah, right? Yeah. Um, and it's it's the 
it, you know, the ideas of Rick and Morty are great, but it's the characters and, and that stuff that keeps me back and that keeps, that keeps yeah. me emotionally so invested. So I'm curious to see how they reboot the series. Uh, I think they could easily screw it up. But yeah, I was like, I'm like, basically, when it went to that, I'm like, are you, like, I threw something, like, are you serious? Yeah. You're taking that way out? One thing that I guess it does get right is that if we did invent time travel, the first thing we'd do is weaponize it. We wouldn't do, try to do history and shit. We'd just do weaponize it and try mm-hmm. to figure out a way to, um, yeah, you know, to make things all awesome for us or whoever invented time travel. Yeah. All right, let's get let's get on to beers. There's plenty more I can talk about, but yeah, beers, beers. <laughs> 